4: one day some of the kids from the neighborhood carried my mother's groceries all the way home you know why it was out of respect this is dirt and spray most important thing in business is honesty integrity
0: hard work family never forgetting where we came from see you are what you are in this world that's either one of two things either you're somebody
4: with, nobody. with Andy Dirt Johnson and Brendan Sprague. The month from now, this Hollywood Big Shot going to give you what you want. Too late, thanks. Start shooting in a week. I'm going to make him an awful game with you. Dirt and Sprague on
3: 1080. Me, I always tell a truth, even when I lie. So say goodnight
4: to the bad guy. Come on, last time you're going to see a bad guy
3: like this again.
4: The Fan.
5: All right, welcome back in hour number two, Dirt and Sprague here. Uh, Portland Sports Leader, 1080, the fan, 995 HD2, or the Odyssey app. Thank you for uh, tuning in. Watching Max Home almost uh, have a club toss at the Players' Championship. He just reached one under at a chip that was like right on line, went right past it, almost through a club. Players' Championship going on right now. Got some good names at the top of the leaderboard, and you got some uh, good names trying to battle back and, and make the cut and get into contention. So we'll see. And check in throughout the show. we got Sprague Line to get to uh, coming up at 8.30 today. So get those Sprague Line sponsors in at 503-864-6326. Uh, Ross Martin will join us. He covers North Carolina for 24-7 uh, inside UNC. And uh, they lost yesterday to Virginia, making the first team in college hoops history to be preseason number one and not make the NCAA tournament. What happened there? Uh, how they're feeling in Chapel Hill. We'll talk with Ross Martin coming up at 7.30. Normally, we do Statter Story on a Wednesday. This week has been weird and wonky, and we are going to move that to 7.15. So we'll get to that coming up uh, in about 12 minutes. But yesterday, I'm trying to follow at least the Pac-12 tournament because, as I mentioned earlier, we're going to be out at Fan Madness at A next week, next Thursday and Friday, as a station will be out there. And I've mentioned this before. We're not doing our show there. I still have not been told why the morning show is not doing the show at a 24 7 sports book and casino. I don't know. Uh, Previous morning shows were at these events, but this one isn't. I don't know. Uh, But we'll be out there in spirit and uh, hanging around. And I mentioned this before. uh, If you want to fade me, you can step into the sports book, (laughs) and I will be picking teams based on. what, you know, Ronaldo or Sharon, how they pick teams in your bracket contests in your office. It's mascot, it's feel, it's, you know, blind luck, really. That's how I'll be gambling the NCAA tournament. I've not watched much college hoops this year, uh, but I I made a vow that I would tune into the Pac-12 tournament and we'll see what happens here. Now, Oregon State got eliminated by ASU and ASU beat USC last night, so they're on a nice little run for themselves. and Oregon who took on Washington State in a 4-5 matchup. Uh, They were up big early, came out from the gate, played great defense. uh, And Folly Dante, my God, I feel like that dude looks like Shaq sometimes when he's playing against some of these college kids. And they got off to this great start. They were up by, you know, 14, 15 points. And then the second half started. Now, Washington State, actually the big thing for Washington State was cutting it to eight before the first half ended. And they came out in the second half. They made it a close game. It was back and forth. Washington State had most of the momentum late, and Oregon was able to kind of get it back. And, you know, before you know it, you look up at the scoreboard and uh, some back and forth, a lot of reviews. But ultimately, Oregon gets the win. They got UCLA now today. And UCLA is missing Jalen Clark, who is now hurt with a lower leg injury. He's out for the rest of the season. It's just not the Pac-12 tournament. He's out for the rest of the season. And so UCLA is down one. Uh, They're the best team in this conference. They won the regular season crown. And finally, Dante rolled his ankle late. I don't know what he's going to be. He says that he's going to play and do whatever it takes. Yeah, he
6: was able to walk, put weight on it. um, and, And so he walked kind of back and then walk back in out into the huddle they had a couple of long video reviews they late just balls deflected out of bounds trying to figure it out so that's an encouraging sign uh but he didn't look a hundred percent you know sure on it but yeah for a big man his size to be able to just put weight on it there's some hope that maybe they can you know put it in the ice box and Those electrical stimulant boot things that go on over—I'm sure the trainer's been in his hotel room (laughs) uh, the entire time, trying to make sure that thing doesn't swell up where he can't move. Well, I think the important thing is, um,
5: you know, UCLA played Colorado yesterday, and and Tad Boyle ended up getting ejected from that game, but um, they they kept it close. Colorado was flirting with UCLA for a long time there, and now UCLA ultimately pulled away and. Gets the win, but I, I think being down, you know, you'd Keyshawn Bartholomew uh, hit a lot of perimeter shots, did some good things for the Ducks. Kuzinar uh, did some good things, and obviously, Infante Dante is a massive human being uh, down low. I, you know, Will Richardson continues to be like the biggest question mark as a player I've maybe ever had for an Oregon player. The dude's been there for like a decade, and. Yeah, of nights where he's unstoppable, I, and nights where he he scored his first bucket like late in the second yeah. half. Like yeah. I just, I feel like guys with that experience in college usually tend to get better and you know have more of an impact. And just some games, I know you go, you go through it. And I, duck fans personally, that do follow college hoops, and they just get frustrated by him. He's got to have a big one tonight. UCLA might be gettable. I don't. I don't know. I think most of it hinges on uh, Infali Dante, but because of that injury UCLA had, Colorado kept it close, and so maybe there's some optimism for Duck fan that they can hang with UCLA tonight.
6: Yeah, the thoughts are, I think if the Ducks get this, they can play their way into... They'd probably get a first four game uh, as one of the last four at-large teams in, so they could be playing on Tuesday or Wednesday in Dayton, Ohio, or however they're doing it. Yeah, and Folly Dante's probably everything for them. Like, if
5: he can't play... Yeah. Washington State, I think, wins that game if Infalidante's missing. And
6: Infalidante's got to be able to run up and down the floor if you're playing UCLA. He can't just kind of limp his way from one side to the other. If he's not effective, UCLA will turn up and they'll just run. Whether the ducks make shots or not, they will just run if he can't get back.
5: Are we looking right now at three or four teams for the conference? Like if Oregon wins, you say they might get to the first four. ASU is sitting there eleven and nine in conference play. They're twenty two and eleven on the year. I think
6: there's three for sure. I think whoever wins uh I, I think ASU has played their way in. I think that went over USC. USC's kind of a question mark. I USC's twenty two and ten. They were fourteen yeah. and six in conference. They're a question mark. I just yeah, my I criteria for
5: this is so different i feel like than the committee sometimes
6: it's about who you've beaten not how many you've beaten yeah
5: yeah, but your conference record has to like arizona has the same conference record as usc that has to matter right
6: it should but it doesn't it doesn't
5: (laughs) okay (sighs) i know quad one wins and quad three wins and yep feels like it's not a hard system but they make it incredibly difficult
6: well, it's just, you're trying, yeah. The tough part is is the way, and they use this now net rating system that replaced the old RPI yeah. that factors in a bunch of things. But if in your non-conference you ratchet up your net ratings, then even though, and that's what the Big Ten did and, and uh, the Big 12 did, they had all these high net ratings after their non-conference. So even when they beat each other, if you lose it's not you're not falling a great deal. Right. And so the big twelve and and the big ten are gonna have eight seven, eight, nine teams apiece in there. I will say it's um it's you
5: know early look next year. Again, not that being I'm the biggest college hoops guy, but UCLA and USC. Now do they next year's the last year for football this last year for everything. Okay, so we'll next go year we'll be the more last year. entire
6: academic one more
5: Okay. UCLA USC will be probably pretty good again in hoops. You imagine Arizona will always be good. Tommy Lloyd broke yes. the record for most wins in his first 2 years. Oregon I think will get better. I'm just going to trust that Altman
6: is going to get the He's right guys coming in. got some 4-5 star mm-hmm. recruits that are I'm signed. sure at
5: the portal and get a kid yeah. in that we've never heard of that played for New Mexico State and he scores 18 points a game. Uh, ASU, I don't know. Washington State is interesting watching them against Oregon because Kyle Smith is highly thought of in college hoops. Yeah. And they're kind of like Oregon State. they got a lot of dudes that if they don't get poached by these other conferences, I saw Furness say this, that one SEC school or, or multiple SEC schools have already reached out to one specific player, but there's no word if that player is going to leave. If Kyle Smith can get those guys to come back to the Palouse – Washington State could be good. Mm-hmm. It seems ridiculous to say this out loud. I, I will be the first to tell you this. Oregon State was second to dead last in the conference this year. But because of who they played, there's people that have optimism about what they're going to be. Uh, Stanford is always kind of a pesky team, but they're not consistent. I don't know if, if Jared has is it has or has is going to be able to turn that thing around. Washington's in a bad spot. Cal just
6: fired Mark Fox, so they're going to start over.
5: Cal's sucked for a long time now. Since Jalen Brown left, they've been terrible. Uh, And Utah and Colorado, like Tad Boyle's usually pretty good at Colorado. They didn't have a great year. So, I don't know, maybe the the conference might not be all that much this year, but it it certainly feels like a conference that could come to play next year that a lot of people talk about with the experience.
6: And I think for them is, you know, getting it'll be interesting to see where uh, Oregon, Oregon State, Washington State, what sort of tournaments there won't be a PKI next year. So what where are they headed in those big, you know, Thanksgiving holiday tournaments? Can they can they knock off somebody big, get one of those big wins or something to boost their net ratings as they go into conference play? Would you
5: gamble on Oregon tonight?
6: I need to know more about Infale Dante. it sounds like he's gonna give it a go. I want to see what he looks like in warm ups. This will be one where I might hold right at the last hold off right until the opening tip.
5: I'm trying to see what that line is uh
6: let's see you gotta scroll down huh because it's it's a later game uh yeah six pm see if we can get uh here we go uh actually there is no line and i and oh it's...
5: no it's six and a half.
6: It's six to six and a half. UCLA by six, six and a
5: half? Six, six. Six is the most common line. I, I would call it six. The one six and a half is at MGM. Everybody else has it at six. Would you take Ducks plus six right now if I made you made you pick? No. You wouldn't? No. Yeah. No and Folly Dante, it's,
6: that seems pretty All impossible. Right. I mean, it's not only is he out there, but can he move around? Mm-hmm. If he can't move around, then they got a problem.
5: Can they get in with the, this, or do they need this win? To they get have in? to
6: get this win. Okay, they're they're not in yet. They need this win. All right. Well, let's Arizona see. State might. I think I saw them sneak in with that with their win last night over USC. So
5: the Pac-12 tournament rolls on. Programming note for this: most of you already know it, but uh, pregame starts at 5:30. So Isaac and Sue will be a shorter rendition today, the way Danny and Dusty was yesterday, and then the game will tip off at six o'clock. And of course, we'll have the coverage here. On the home of the ducks, 1080, uh, the fan. We didn't do Statter Story Wednesday. Let's get to Statter Story before we talk with Ross Martin, who covers North Carolina. What happened to the number one team in college basketball coming into the season? Just an abject disaster in Chapel Hill. Ross Martin will join us, and we got Spring Line coming up at
0: 8:30. But Statter Story is next on the fan. Crunch the numbers.
5: There's 6,127 students at average, 58% of which are girls. So?
4: So that's seven thousand one hundred and seven
1: point
4: thirty-two 32 boobs. <laughs> <laughs> Break the news. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. Is it a stat or a story? Evidence based on olfactory prowess is inadmissible, in case you didn't know. This is Stat or Story, a monumental judgment call with dirt and Sprague on 1080. Come on, do math.
5: The fan. Yes, you are. Uh, you're tu- you're tuning in live. This is not a Wednesday podcast that uh, may have creeped into the radio waves. This is a Friday Statter Story edition. Dirt's been out all week. He'll be back on Monday. Swag was out in Vegas, and then Swag immediately returned to a COVID situation. Not him, uh, but somebody he knows, and so life has been chaotic and all over the place, and so. We bump Wednesday Statter Story to Friday, and before we get to it, uh, I just want to remind you, Ross Martin will join us, who covers North Carolina, how they crumbled this season and became one of the most disappointing teams in college basketball history, and then uh, we'll Sprague the Line a little over an hour from right now, so get those spring Line sponsors in at
6: 503-864-6326. Let's get to Statter Story. All right. Wednesday was National Oregon Day. Hey! Shout out us! Huh? There you go. Yes. So we will go back there, and that will be a little theme for us. So your first number is ten. Mm. Is it the number of balls that landed in the water on the seventeenth hole of TPC Sawgrass? Damn it! In round one, not all of round one. They had to finish that up this morning, but just on Thursday. So just yesterday at the Players Championship, they had to finish. Like who yeah, didn't darkness. Finish? Uh, there was like six or seven groups oh, that okay. didn't finish. Or is it the size in acres of Portland's International Rose Test Garden, the oldest official continuously operated public rose test garden in the United States? Ten acres, huh?
5: You know, I'm going to dirt this. Dirt's not here. I'm going to dirt it today. My initial instincts are actually to say more golf balls hit the water than ten. I saw at one point yesterday watching at home, I did see the spray tracker of where all the balls landed and what they finished with, the birdies, the bogeys, the et cetera's. And I feel like I saw at least eight water balls at that point. And there were still quite a bit of golfers still to play 17. I'll say more than 10. So this is a story.
6: Uh, no. What's What's were step? you reaching for the buzzer there? What happened? No. Got to get on the right hockey page. Damn it. Yep. Uh, Ten balls hit the water on 17. See what happens when you dirt it? I know. Yeah. Logic. Try to outthink the room. Uh, No, uh, just four and a half acres, uh, the Portland's International Rose Test Garden, but there are some 7,000 rose plants up there or 7,000 different varietals, 550 plants. Or no, that's backwards. 550 varieties, 7,000 different plants up there, four and a half acres. And uh, they take roses from all over the world. They send them to Portland due to our climate to see how they will fare. You know, they're always coming up with different varieties of them and see how they will fare and grow. And so, yeah, we are the Rose City. I still haven't been to the Rose Garden. The one up at Washington Park? Never been. It's gorgeous. Yeah, I just—I was up there for the uh, infamous Nate uh, McMullen introductory press conference when he first got hired. Mm. Did you call him Nate McMullen? That's what—that the, what they introduced him what, as. <laughs> yeah, one of the city council members or something like that. <laughs>
5: Jeez, you had one job.
6: I know. His name's right. There's an I right there. Right there. there. There's any number of Blazer people standing around. You get up there. So, yeah, that's where they had that introductory press conference. So how many balls have been hit in the water? Uh, Well, there were 10 on Thursday. I don't know how many uh, have been added today. And then, of course, uh, that's just 17. Aaron Wise put four in. The Boy. drink on 18, ball by himself.
5: Aaron Wise made history yesterday. He put Aaron one Wise. in the
6: water at 17, too, I think. Did he really? Yeah, I think he bogeyed there, and or uh, he put one in, and then hit a chip up close from the drop zone. He
5: and put a whole sleeve of balls in water yesterday at TPC. He uh, he set the record, the former Duck golfer, set the record for the longest putt made yes. at 66 feet or 65 feet 9 inches. And then he had, yeah, he had multiple balls hit off the tee into the water. He finished with an 11.
6: 10. He finished with a 10. Are you sure? Yes, I'm positive. Okay. He's one shy of the highest score on that hole, which is 11.
5: Well, I thought in the highlight package for PGA's Twitter account, they had said 11. I went, my God, and I watched the highlights, and I could not believe what he kept
6: doing. No, it was 10. Man. So he tied with uh, uh, Bond Lahiri. He had a <laughs> 10 as well, and then somebody had an 11. Man. Uh, your next number, 2,114. Is it the total points scored by Portland Pilots forward Alex Fowler in her college career, the most points in school history at the Division I level, fourth all-time in West Coast Conference history, two-time tournament player, most outstanding player? Look, you, you did this and you knew instantly he's guessing. <laughs> or is it the depth and feet of Crater Lake, the only national park in the state of Oregon? I'm going to get killed for not knowing
5: this. <laughs> both of them, because they both sound like they could be historical feats here. We got Crater Lake, which is, you know, pretty pretty big and famous here. And then, obviously, that's a great career at UP. Uh, I am going to say, though,
6: <sighs> I'm going to say story. That is a stat. Right. Alex Fowler, 2,114 points. So that's the most all-time at the Division I level in school history as uh, they wait to uh, find out where they're going to play in the NCAA tournament. Five o'clock, four o'clock watch party on campus Sunday at the Pilot House. Okay, there you go. Uh, No, uh, Crater Lake, 1,949 feet at the uh, deepest part of that lake. Uh, but yeah, just the one national park here in Oregon. Did you know how deep Crater Lake was before you researched? I this? knew it was about 2,000 feet. Yeah. I did not know exactly. What, what would it you was. have guessed on that one if you didn't know? Stat or story? Um. Well, I mean, that would be hard for me. I I don't know. get I wouldn't. Because you think it was roughly 2,000 feet? Yeah. I probably would have guessed the points because I didn't think it was that much over 2,000 feet. Mm. Okay. Uh, Your final number, 362. Is it the number of Big East Conference wins Jim Boeheim collected as the head coach of the Orange? Okay. Or is it the number of miles of coastline along the state of Oregon? (laughs) Say
5: the number one more time.
6: 362. From Astoria down there to what's on the border? Brookings is that the little town on the uh, Oregon California border? Yeah, I think I
5: think that's it. Um, I'm gonna go stat here. <laughs> Did I do it? Yeah.
6: You pull the dirt. I pull the dirt. bayham has got 416 Big East wins in his 47 year career. I'm calling
5: shenanigans on this. We only have three hundred, three hundred sixty-two miles of coastline. Come on, get out of here.
6: Well, if you think so, the free so I five. If you get all the way to the Jansen Beach exit, that is three hundred and eight. the The exit numbers are posted based on miles from north from south to north. That's that doesn't they mean sit. they're not lying to you.
5: No, no, no. That's not no. how that works.
6: <laughs> So, and then obviously we know Astoria juts up a little further north as the Columbia River uh, turns north there at uh, St. Helens and Scapoose to go empty into the Pacific.
5: Can I be honest with you? Yeah. I had
6: no idea that's what the exit signs meant. Yeah.
5: I just thought they had some numerical system that they had figured out. and Based on the
6: mile markers. No
5: idea. Yeah. I had no idea. And that's
6: why you have, that's why when you get into... You know metropolitan areas where you have multiple exits right back to back. There's 301A, 302, 301B, 301C, that sort of thing. It's because they're all within a mile. Well, damn it, I shortchanged Jim Behan. Did you see Coach K? What he said
5: about him, by the way. No, Shashevsky was asked like, "Hey, what did you think of that?" And he goes, "He probably deserved a lot better than what happened there." And then said, "We can maybe maybe we'll figure something out and set something up like." Uh, even Coach K. Don't like Coach K much, but even Coach K saw what we saw. That was one of the weirder retirements of a legendary coach. Yeah, but Jim Behan could have made it a lot. Oh, I mean, I'm not saying he's, yeah. he doesn't deserve some blame or responsibility for that thing, but holy crap, man. Yeah. Like, come on. what? That's the well, way you see retired? Patrick
6: Ewing got let go by Georgetown today?
5: Dude, they were like four years too late with that.
6: Well, he took him to the tournament in 2021. They won the conference tournament and he got him in. Yeah. And then, and then he went to 237 in conference the next two years.
5: Yeah. Uh, Michigan also not going to make the tournament. John Howard. Ooh. That shine wearing off a little bit, maybe? Yeah. The former coach thing coming back to the alma mater. Who's the poor sucker that has to call Patrick Ewing, former Georgetown legend? And say, hey, Patrick. I mean, you assume it's the athletic director, but still imagine, hey, what's your job today? Well, I have to fire Patrick Ewing from his alma mater. And then in like 20 years, when he's 88 years old, we got to bring him back for a celebration. Yeah. Former coach. Do you even bring that up in his
6: title? Like if John Howard is fired by Michigan or leaves? There's a way to do it. That's what what, uh, SIDs and PR people get, you know.
5: I gotta be honest. I don't know if I'd ever coach want to coach. the Hoyas
6: to the 2021 Big East Tournament Championship. Would you want to
5: coach? Well, you went to Puget Sound, but like, I don't know if I was a coach. If I'd want to coach my alma mater,
6: I know that it's, sounds fun, but yeah, you you that's a different deal. It or is you could be like Beheim and be there for 47 years. So I, uh, I don't know
5: if I'd want to do that either. Yeah, being Corvallis, Oregon for 47 years, it works for some people. Yeah. Alright, there we go. Statter story. I know nothing about Oregon. That's what we learned. I hope you, I hope I educated you a bit today. I have a tattoo of the state on my arm. I know nothing about it.
6: Well, now you know. <laughs> 362 miles of coastline. You're a coastie. Yeah.
5: 1,900 and something feet at Crater Lake. And, yep. uh, four acres four of the Four and a half Garden. acres yeah.
6: of uh, International
5: Test Rose Garden. Shout out Nate McMullen. Yep. Uh, Ross Martin. Covers uh, North Carolina hoops for inside North Carolina, 24-7 sports. The first team in college hoops history to be preseason one and not make the tournament. What the hell happened in Chapel Hill? We'll talk with Ross Martin coming up, and an hour from now, we'll spread the Line. So keep giving those spraying Line sponsors. we got some good ones coming in to the fan text line, 503-864-6326. Ross Martin joins us next for the Daily Ticker.
1: That's code H-E-R-O-10 for 10% off at Hero.co.
0: Spring training is here, and the free Odyssey app has everything you need to get ready for opening day in-depth team coverage from the biggest sports radio stations across the country. Exclusive interviews with players, managers, and MLB insiders, and podcasts dedicated to your favorite team. Listen live to the latest breaking news from around the league, or choose from a list of topics and listen on demand. Baseball lives right here on the free Odyssey app.
4: In this wide world of sports, some stories can slip through the cracks. Now, before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. This is the Daily Ticker, where Dirt and Sprague visit the insiders that are covering the stories you've heard about, and some you haven't. how do you do
7: that? I'm not even
4: mad. It's amazing. The Daily Ticker, with Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fan.
5: All right, Daily Ticker time, and we talk with Ross Martin of Inside Carolina on Twitter, at Ross Martin underscore IC. As yesterday, the Tar Heels finished their miserable year losing to Virginia in the ACC tournament. And Ross hops on with us this morning. Ross, thanks for thanks for jumping on with us, man. We appreciate the time. I, I The first time ever. We've never had a team be preseason number one and, and miss the NCAA tournament. And that appears to be the case here with the North Carolina Tar Heels. I'll ask the obvious. What the hell happened this year with this team?
7: Yeah, it's, it's hard to figure out. We've been trying to figure it out for a couple of months now. I mean, they returned four of the stars from the national championship game last year uh, and lost Brady Manick and brought in Pete Nance. And I don't know, from the kind of the jump, the chemistry just wasn't there. Um, and really the, the team couldn't make shots. They, they couldn't make big plays. They never had the big win. They, they never could, you know, maintain a second half lead. I don't think it was anything to point to civically. It's just when they needed to, to make a run, make a shot, make a big play, they couldn't, and the losses stacked up. And it's never got a big loss. That's why they're, they're sitting – sorry, never got a big win. That's why they're sitting on the outside right now looking in, and it's, it's very unlikely they'll get into the NCAA tournament, um, which is crazy. Yeah, preseason number one, and, and now likely going to be offered an, an NIT bid, and we're, we're kind of wondering here in Chapel Hill if, if they're going to accept it or not.
5: Well, uh, you know, our, our our producer is also a play-by-play man for the University of Portland, and the PK Invitational was coming this year. And going into that thing, he was optimistic, and he said, "I think they can hang." And you know, I told him he was insane. And then I watched the game on TV, and he's calling it, and the Portland Pilots damn near beat North Carolina. I think that was kind of my big first. Red flag. North, Portland Pilots have not been really good in basketball for a long time. They damn near won the game. What was your first indication that something wasn't right with this team?
7: Yeah, I was actually there for that game. Um, and Yeah, that was a, those games out in Portland were, were a little foreboding. You know, they they, they beat Portland. It was kind of close there for a little bit. And then they lost to Iowa State. And then they could have had a great opportunity to beat Alabama, which proved to be one of the better teams in the country. They went four overtimes with, with Alabama, but lost that game, and then they they end up losing again uh, to Indiana on the road, and that was like a ten day road trip over Thanksgiving, and then they lost the next game to Virginia Tech. They had a four game losing streak right there, um, and, and that was kind of an indication of them not being able to, to seal wins, not be able to you know kind of close out you know tough games that you would think an experienced team would be able to do. That's kind of been the issue, like they have. A uh, fifth year, they have all these veterans. They have a, gr- a graduate transfer, a fifth year graduate player, and Nikki Black, you know Caleb Love and R.J. Davis have played. They're juniors, but they've started for three years. And Armando Baycott, you know, kind of the the players, a, a All ACC player, is a four year starter. They've all experienced, but they, it doesn't show. They kind of play like a, they have played kind of like a team that's young and it doesn't know how to handle adversity. Um, yeah, I think Portland w- would have been a good example. Um, you know, losing. Virginia Tech was tough you know they beat they lost the pit twice in games they probably should have won that would look better now so I mean it's kind of where do you start with this team Um, it's been disappointing all year.
5: Ross Martin's our guest here from inside uh, Carolina the 24-7 affiliate on Twitter at Ross Martin underscore uh, I see on Twitter North Carolina loses uh, the season's May or may not be over. I don't know if they're going to go to the NIT. I don't really care much about the NIT. I think most fans have moved on from the NIT of of relevance. But I, I would ask you about the coach. So this is kind of a two-part. Um, you work for a 24-7 affiliate. I, I'm curious what do the message boards say about Hubert Davis and what 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 do they do? You know, what, what is realistic for them this offseason where, you know, a year ago they end Coach K's career in a Final Four. There's not a better way uh, to send a guy from Duke out, then that, and they come close in the championship, but they fall short, and then they're announcing that they're bringing everybody back. They got all this love, and they don't even make the tournament. Where, do the, where does the program go from here?
7: Yeah, well, I mean, there's two big differences there with what the message board is saying versus what's going to happen. I mean, there's crazies on the message board. You don't want to be on It's a dark, dark place after losses. I mean, there's tons of people who want are calling for Huber Davis's job, Um but that's not going to happen. I mean, he took him to the national championship game last year, probably the two biggest wins in program history in terms of, of non-championship games with the two wins over Duke last year. He, he's got He's recruited pretty well. Now his recruits aren't really in yet. Um, he's got a big class coming in next year, two years from now, 2024, that a lot of fans are looking to. You know, next year, unless they get a lot of big transfers, I don't know how better it's going to be. They're going to have a lot of turnover you expect at least a couple of these guys not to come back. Um, you know, Baycott has a decision to make. Caleb Love has a decision to make. Leaky Black has likely played his last game unless they go to the NIT. So, I mean, it's dark right now, but I mean, the high, the thing is with Carolina, I mean, the expectations are so high. I mean, it was national championship or bust this year. So anything short of that would have been disappointing and fans would have been upset. Um, obviously not making a tournament um, is a huge disappointment. So yeah, fans are upset. Um, I imagine, the big donors are upset, but, I mean, I think they're going to be patient with Hubert Davis. I still think he's a good coach. Uh, he's shown he can recruit. Now, it's interesting to see what happens when he gets his own players in, you know, and it's it's two or three classes of your own players. What can you do with them? And that's kind of what you can judge um, a coach on. But, yeah, man, I mean, fans are, are, at UNC are very impatient for basketball. I mean, they expect greatness having gone with Dean Smith and Roy Williams. You know, for the last forty years. They expect Final Fours and Championships almost every year, so it's it's a tough spot to be in.
5: Uh get you out here with this one, non-North Carolina question, but you're an ACC guy too. Uh Kay leaves last year, Roy Williams uh before that. You got Jay Wright, you know, he retired a little earlier than most people thought he would. Bayheim with the weirdest retirement I maybe have ever seen from a legendary lengthy tenured coach. What what was your thought or your impressions when you saw the Beheim stuff as an ACC guy?
7: Yeah, I mean, I was in that press conference, which was crazy. Um, I just happened to be there in Greensboro. Greensboro is my hometown where they hold the tournament, so I'm here all week. And I just popped in that press conference. That was super strange, man. He's a weird guy. Kept saying it was the university's decision, that they kept kind of pressing him on retirement or not, and then he wouldn't say anything. And then, like, an hour later, Syracuse, I guess, released the news that they were, I guess, just he was retiring or they were moving on. It was kind of vague as the – whose decision it was. Um, that was so odd. I mean, it was, it was very, very weird and strange way to retire. Um, and it is kind of funny now. Every coach who's retired in the last two years has done it a different way. You know, Roy Williams took some time and, and, then, and then, you know, kind of did the big retirement and, and had the press conference the next day. Coach K did the tour, you know, announced his retirement, announced his successor in John Shire, and then did like a year-long kind of tour Setting up his thing, you know, Mike Gray kind of maybe forced out by Notre Dame mm-hmm. um, midway through the season, and then and then Behinds was just weird and odd too after what forty three years at Syracuse, so definitely changing the guard to the ACC. Yeah. I mean, you have um new coaches, you know, not big names. I mean, Kay and Roy and Behinds to an extent, you know, they. You know, they were the decision makers, the the power. I looked to them for decisions for for so long, and they kind of carried the league. And now it's young guys. I mean, I'm 36, and Shire's younger than me. I mean, I watched him play when I was in college. You know, he was he's he's close to my age. It's kind of bizarre the changing of the guard in the ACC now.
5: I got to be honest, man. I'll let you go on this too. I'm, I'm at exactly the same age. Um, you know, as a kid you get gravitate towards ESPN and ESPN's always playing Duke Carolina. And, you know, I gravitated towards the baby blue. Michael Jordan went there. You had Antoine Jamison, you had Vince Carter. Uh, I will say I don't like begrudge anybody. I don't even know him, but I see John Shire on the bench and I still hate him the way I did when he played for Duke. It's it's an unbelievable feeling. But um, yeah, that's not the story today. The story is North Carolina fell short. They didn't have the season they thought they would bringing everybody back. And uh, as you said, Ross, it's just a matter of how how much better can they be next year. they got a good recruiting class coming in. And uh, we thank you for joining us. Ross Martin of 24-7 Sports, Inside Carolina on Carolina's uh, bad season. Thanks for hopping on, Ross. We appreciate it.
7: Uh, I appreciate it. I think it's is the farthest away I've done a radio hit. I'm not sure how many Pacific Northwest radio hits I've done.
5: So. Hey, there you go, it's man. Yeah, mark it down. <laughs> there you go. Dirt and Sprague in Portland, Oregon. Thanks for hopping on with us, man.
7: There you go. See you guys.
5: All right, there we go. Ross Martin of Inside Carolina the 24-7 affiliate on North Carolina's demise uh, this year. Just an awful season. Just truly awful, and it it really was the red flag for me was the Portland game. I know they were close to beating Bama in that same tournament, but no offense to your pilots, no, no, no. That no. talent should have won that game going away. Like you would have thought, games yeah. like that would well, be especially 20, with point Armando wins.
6: Baycott and yes. the and the size that they have down yes. low and and Port, one of Portland's big weaknesses was consistent play from the bigs this year. Caleb Love, Leaky Black, good perimeter yeah. players. Like you just would have
5: thought that team. Something. Ha- this is my my two cents. Just like Gary Payton II in Portland, mm-hmm. there are things that transpire in locker rooms and with teams that unless it's impossible, largely don't get reported on. I have no reason to think otherwise. Something
6: happened with that group for them to not. Wouldn't be shocked if that comes out somewhere down the road.
5: And there's rumors of what was going on, but you don't want to run with any of that publicly because nobody can prove it. But I don't know. I don't know how else to explain that that was what their season was. I thought that team would be at least an Elite Eight team this year. Oh, no question. Uh, We have a lot more to get to. with spring line coming up. Uh, at eight thirty, so keep texting in the Spring Line sponsors into the fan text line. It's seven forty six. and Sprague back with more on the fan. Yeah. We would like to get to in the uh, final hour of the program. The Sprague the line. Uh, I want to get to this Geno Smith stuff. He has a press conference yesterday with the Hawks. I thought there was some good stuff from him. Makes you feel encouraged as a Seahawks fan. Also, just incredibly easy to root for a player. I, I'm not a Seahawk fan in any way. Uh, in fact, I would actually tell you, I, I, I mostly root against them, but uh, I can always acknowledge when somebody is likable or easy to root for. And I find Geno Smith and the redemption story, him getting an opportunity and running with it and earning that big contract. Like, I, I, I find that to be a great story. And uh, I want to talk about that coming up here in the uh, the final hour. I did want to bring up, uh, I want to quickly gauge you on this, Swigard. I'm going to ask you if this is a no-no for you. How often do you go to a party or you bring a food item in and this happens to you? So yesterday, I'm like, you know what? We have three engineers, okay? Three that have put together the whole building. They've not just done, you know, technical things. They've done other things that are above what their job title actually is because they're helping the company a lot. And, you know, I was at the store the other day, and I thought, you know what I want to do? I want to say thank you to those guys. And they know I'm appreciative of it because I text and talk to them all the time. But I want to do a nice gesture for them. So I decide to buy donuts. Sure. Like, who doesn't? You know, I understand the other side. Sometimes you don't want to eat donuts. You're trying to change your lifestyle. Donuts can be, like, not a great gift sometimes.
6: But certainly a kind gesture. A gesture is
5: what I'm after here. So I, I go and I get some donuts and I get some extra donuts for some of the other workers. But I, I, I drop off some donuts in the engineering uh, offices. And I go back to see how the other donuts did, if any other of our coworkers dove into the donuts I placed to the side. And they did. And when I went back there, there was one donut left. And then there was a half donut left. Mm. And I, I find this odd. I, I got to admit, this is a little odd to me. And I wonder if it's odd to you. Do you find the person if there's like um, a community of of food, a plate of food, a yes. snacks or whatever, you find it odd when somebody takes partial of
6: something and then leaves the other half of it? Eh, not necessarily. Now, the one thing you want to see is does it look like there was a like they used a knife? It looked like it was picked up and broken and apart. broken in half. Yeah, because they were be... cake
5: donuts, so it was yeah. like an easy pull apart. Here.
6: That's true. But like uh, sometimes you get those like those big giant Costco muffins. I understand if you want to cut one in half. Those are a thousand calories. Yeah, I know. I get that. So yeah. So it depends on what it is. But if there's a nice clean like knife, somebody used a knife cut. There was great. It was a pull apart. Oh, then yeah. Once you once you've handled it, uh, you're taking it. Well, I just I kind of have a theory here. But I understand, you, you want a little something
5: in the morning, maybe, just with eat your coffee? Just the whole thing. What's the other half going to do to you in that I, day? What's know. it going to do? I don't
6: know. You know I, I, I'm not going to get that bent out of shape by it. I'm not bent out of shape by it. It
5: just, I've seen this a couple times, and I, as a guy who does watch what he eats, I understand not wanting to dive in fully, but also like... Well the other donut, question was donut. did
6: the same person already have one and no. didn't want to seem like a glutton and I'll uh, just have another half.
5: This individual who is higher up on the uh, the power structure here ah. in the building, they told me they did not have one, they only ate half. Okay. Because and I quote, I ate like a man the last 3 days.
6: Oh. Yeah. Okay.
5: I had to find out what that meant and then they explained it to me and hmm. But I kind of just thought, if you're going to eat the donut, just eat the whole donut. Why yeah. stop at half? What's that other half going to do to you,
6: really? Yeah. Nothing. i I'm not going to make or break you. Yeah. And nobody likes to see the finger smudge on the frosting. No, that's the big thing right there. Again, my thing is knife, clean cut, okay, no problem. If it's all broken off and, yeah, there's an indentation on the icing, not touching it. If you're going to eat that and you don't want to because
5: of, I don't know, dietary reasons or health reasons, yeah. whatever it is. Toss it. Well, don't toss it, but eat it and work out harder. <laughs> Spend ten more minutes on that staircase. That's right. And you'll be good. You'll burn it off. It'll be no problem. And then you got, you still got to enjoy that donut. But uh, I thought that was a bit of a red a little bit, a bit of a red flag. Like I'm with you on the cutting, but you know, partial tear, taking a donut and ripping it apart and leaving the part that you didn't want on the plate for the the rest of the people. Eh, I'm a little against that. little against that personally. And uh, I talked to the person. I'm more
6: offended by people that spell donuts D-O-N-U-T rather than D-O-U-G-H-N-U-T. Why are you?
5: Wait, you're more offended by the spelling of the donut than what people do
6: with the donut? Yes. Hmm. That says everything you need to know about me. Right there. You know a lot of... Well, I mean, so does mine about what I'm talking (laughs) about. (laughs) You know
5: a lot of places spell donut D-O-N-U-T. Yeah, I know. Bothers me. Way more than they do D-O-U-G-H and UT. But you're a traditionalist. Yes. Mm. Sometimes I'm short with it. I'll do the O-N-U-T. I mean, is it saving me all that much time? No, it's two letters, but yeah. you do it for simplistic reasons. I'll put that one as a poll question. How do you spell donut? What's your version of donut? Because I bet you more people are bothered by things like that than you think. I hope so. Just like people are more bothered by what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, yeah I don't want to see your fingerprint deep in that frosting smudge on a cake donut. Just eat the whole thing. It's okay. Nobody's going to judge you. It's a trust tree in this building. Yeah. We do a lot of questionable things.
6: Yeah. Donuts is way down at the bottom of the list. It's very at the bottom of the <laughs> list.
5: Uh, we have a lot to get to in the final hour of the show. We'll Sprague the Line at 830, so get those Sprague Line sponsors in at 503-864-6326. Uh, I'll start the final hour. Gino Smith, what a leader they got in Seattle. Let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, he has press conference for his contract. We'll get to that next. Turt and Sprague on the fan.
2: Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G
4: home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles and Toyota has them with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone.